This is Daniel Fagellan. You're listening to the AI and Business Podcast, and we're kicking off a new series. You might be wondering to yourself, why is there a Monday episode this week? And the answer is pretty straightforward. We're looking to start a new Monday series that's geared towards kicking off your week with understanding AI success factors. These are short episodes we're going to be publishing every Monday for the next four months. And for a minute, I'll explain this new series, and we're going to roll right into our first episode with a leader who had some great experience working on Amazon Alexa and is now at Oracle. We've got some excellent insights to dive into, but I want to explain this series because we're excited to launch it. As any of you who've tuned in for even two or three episodes in a row know, and I know some of you have listened in for 200 episodes, so big thank you to those longtime Emerge listeners. We record these episodes to help non-technical AI leaders lead projects. Whether you're a consultant or an internal leader within an enterprise somewhere, being able to understand use cases, understand trends, understand the challenges and the opportunities of AI adoption, and bring that to life in your company, not as the person who writes code, but as the person who makes the business case and orchestrates the project to bring it to life. This is ultimately a podcast about advancing your career by adding more value with AI and becoming a strategic AI expert as opposed to someone who writes the code. Writing code is a fantastic skill, and some folks are going to be able to do both. Some people aren't. But the fact of the matter is most of our listeners are not going to go back to school to learn code. They've got to take their business context, combine it with AI knowledge, and bring it to life. And when it comes to those kinds of insights that help non-technical leaders succeed, we cover many of them. We cover use cases. We cover trends. And we wanted to double down on something that is the most industry agnostic, something that every single listener here on the podcast every Monday can start off their week and be smarter, be better prepared for their next AI project. And what is that? And based on feedback from our listeners, many of you who are listening in right now have had lengthy LinkedIn conversations with me based on what you've liked about the show or what you wanted to see more of. And I appreciate all that feedback over the years. We've discovered that the most transferable lesson across industries is success factors. What made a project work? What was it that took a project from idea to something that actually was adding business value, not as a pilot, but as a full-blown deployment? So this Monday series is going to be short, 12 to 15 minutes, short and punchy, and we're going to interview real AI experts in the enterprise and in the startup world. We're going to take individual AI use cases. We're going to have them explain those use cases quickly and then tell us what made that project to succeed. What was the result that was positive? And then what led to that positive result? What were the factors that allowed you to actually win with this project and actually deploy it in a way that added value as opposed to frittering away as some kind of a pilot project? So I'm excited to carry this series forward for the next couple months here. Every single Monday, I'm going to be catching feedback from those of you as our listeners. So let's go ahead and dive into today's topic. One of the success factors mentioned in today's episode is about picking your battles, not choosing AI projects that are going to be hard in three or four ways, but choosing AI projects that will really only be challenging in one way that you think is actually manageable. And you might listen to that advice and say, well, that sounds like good advice for legacy enterprises that don't have much experience with AI. But actually, the use case we're talking about is at Amazon, arguably the farthest thing from a legacy enterprise. Amazon is one of the most AI powerful firms in terms of talent density and real world applications of AI. But even they have got to pick their poisons when it comes to developing new and innovative AI solutions. Our guest this week is Rafer Gabriel. He is currently the VP of Engineering for Oracle's Digital Assistant, and he previously worked on AI software development as head of engineering for conversational AI at Amazon in Sunnyvale, California. The use case that Rafer explores today has to do with recommending books, which is really all about going back to Amazon's roots, but doing so in an entirely new way with a different tech stack and a different use case. And Rafer walks through the use case really well, and that's going to make a lot of sense 
the biggest thing you're going to want to take away from this episode as our first episode of AI Success Factors are the success factors. He has two. One has to do with communicating value and picking projects. The other has to do with picking your battles. Both of these are tremendously transferable. And again, the goal with this series is every week to start off short and give you something to make your AI projects or your AI ideas even sharper every single week. Again, we want to make this as industry agnostic as possible and something that everybody can benefit from. So in the outro of this episode, I'll talk a little bit more about what's to come. But for right now, let's fly right in. This is the first episode of AI Success Factors with Rafer Gabriel of Oracle here on the AI and Business Podcast. So Rafer, talking about success factors today, and we're talking about a particularly interesting use case that you worked on at Amazon. Talk about the project itself and what the intended value was for Amazon and for the customer. Sure. So this project was an experience that we were launching uh, for Alexa, and it was something called What Should I Read Next? And this was interesting in a whole bunch of ways. It was a really challenging project because uh, from a technology perspective, it was really our first time launching something publicly that was based on deep neural networks that use deep learning kind of end to end within the framework. And it was a really interesting collaboration across different parts of Amazon's business between our retail business and between uh, Alexa AI. Cool. Okay. It seems like, obviously, for Amazon, the value here is, can we become increasingly, I mean, obviously, I use Amazon for massive convenience, right? Can we level up convenience on one more level? Of course, can we also increase our cart value and find a way for people to, to purchase more? Is it safe to say that sort of stickiness, customer lifetime value would, were kind of the, the metrics here on the Amazon side? I mean, those, those are huge metrics for the, you know, the retail organization, of course. Alexa shopping is a part of that retail organization. And they're really looking at, you know, how do we make shopping conversational for people? And conversational means more than just speaking and voice. It also means multimodal, uh, you know, having a, a rich graphical interactive experience that also is, is voice first. So, I mean, yeah, their, their metrics are, it's both, can we actually get people to transact, to shop, to interact directly yeah, with yeah. content? on a device, um, but it's also yeah. then, you know, can we get people to discover a product and maybe convert later to like, maybe they'll find something like a new book they want to read, but they may not buy it right then they may browse on the website later and, you know, buy it for their Kindle down the road. So those are both of the kinds of metrics that were super important to them. Got it. And so there's a bit of a, a value of proving the use case unto itself. And then of course, there's the, you know, financial outcomes that you can create too. For a customer, you know, clearly recommendations is a big part of Amazon. It's why, you know, many yeah. people are going to shop there. This is just extending that into that uh, new medium uh, for the customer. When it comes to challenges here, I mean, you guys are pretty well equipped. Fortunately, you've got enough people speaking to Alexa where you, you got the data volumes. You certainly have an established retail business where you know a lot about books. You've, you've sold a uh, a great many books at Amazon. Um, <laughs> I alone and my customer lifetime value to Amazon for books is uh, embarrassingly large, um, especially looking at the percentage that were read all the way through. But um, but when it comes to challenges here, what were the hurdles you were up against in terms of making this new use case come to life? What was kind of unique that you knew you were going to have to face and push through to, to make this work? I mean, it's interesting you ask about the challenges because you pointed out some things that were actually, you know, they were, they were, they were not challenges, right? Like Amazon yes. knows books. Amazon has book data, obviously. Tons Amazon also happens to have 
good data about what you like to read if you've ever shopped for books with Amazon. So I think one of the really interesting things about this project is it was a good place where we could take risks from a technology perspective because we knew we weren't taking risks from a perspective of do we have the right data and you know do we know this business and so forth. So I think it you know it was a place where we were taking risks technologically but not risks in terms of do we have data that's available uh, about customer behaviors in this area and do we know how to sell books and deliver them to people in a way that Totally they like. yeah and we're going to get into what made this project a success and we'll talk even a little bit about what it turned into because I know this is something that you're rightfully proud of certainly a cool use case what would you say were the hurdles i mean certainly those things weren't what's maybe one or two that you knew you were actually up against because you're right data wise you guys are killing it but what what were you up against here yeah yeah i mean i think i think the things that we were up against were really trying to understand how to make a truly conversational experience so there were sort of these ux hurdles right uh, in this case voice user experience you know how do people want to discover content in this new setting on Alexa devices, both those with screens, those without screens? What do they want to see? What do they want to hear? How much information is too much to get an experience that actually will engage them and make them want to want to learn more, add to a cart, shop, buy something, et cetera. So I think that this was really our first, what we called a true conversational shopping experience for Alexa. So that was one hurdle. Uh, it was just plunging into the unknown from a user experience perspective. I mean, the other hurdles were really about, you know, how did we work with across different parts of this very big company, obviously, the different organizations with very different cultures and challenges, one of which was, you know, fundamentally an AI first organization, Alexa AI, and one of which was, you know, part of the Amazon retail organization. And they have expertise in building things for some of these platforms, but they are, they are not, uh, you know, natively an AI organization, yeah. if you will. So I think those cultural hurdles and how we planned and executed a project with significant technical risks was actually a, I mean, that was a big communication hurdle right there. Just getting one, everyone on the same page about what are the risks? How do we mitigate them? How do we control them? I mean, th- these are common risks whenever you're doing something really new from a technical perspective. Yeah. Well, I think it'll be, uh, soothing for some of our listeners tuned in in legacy enterprises and manufacturing or financial services to say, <laughs> oh, well, even at Amazon, it doesn't, nothing, you know, it doesn't magically come all together across every part of the business. Of course, Amazon's rather schooled in these things, but those are certainly concerns that everybody's facing. Um, in terms of what this, what made this work, I, I, just to sum it up, actually, before we get into the success factors, from what you were talking about off mic, this thing worked out and it actually started to potentially blossom into other kinds of retail experiences. What was the success that that you were proud of here? What can the, the listeners learn about? I mean, I think that, you know, the success is the fact that people really did engage. I mean, there was a significant uptick in the rate of conversions uh, for purchases and for, you know, uh, adding to cart and for just even the action of, you know, learning more, hearing more about specific books that were recommended. So, you know, the the rate of conversions was materially higher than any of the earlier shopping experiences that had been built for Alexa. So I think that was itself a big win just from a metrics perspective and for changing the way people were thinking about what is a what is a shopping experience on Alexa? What's even possible? You know, before it was all like, well, if we want people to succeed, it has to be so fast. It has to be one turn. It has to be super simple and quick, like reorder toilet paper, you know? So this was the first time that, that, you know, people realized, oh, actually we can bring this kind of 
recommendations first experience into shopping, into this voice shopping environment and make something that people really want to engage with. Yeah. Okay, cool. So just the fact that it was that successful alone is interesting, but I think what that what that opens up in terms of the future of Amazon is cool too. I don't happen to have a, an Alexa in my home, but I'm sure within a couple of years I will, and I'll probably be piling up even more books that uh, that I'll occasionally read on my walks every now and again. Um, when it comes to what make this work, there were some really yeah. cool things you mentioned off microphone that just felt like amazingly transferable lessons. And the first of them had to do with the story that you could communicate to leadership, because like you said, you're up, you, you know, you're going to be working with multiple departments here. You're doing something kind of new. Buy-in is going to be non-trivial because you're, you're going to have to involve a lot of folks. What yeah. was it about the story here that made this something that leadership was willing to support? It was really the tie-in to the history of Amazon that I think made it a story that, uh, that some of the most senior leadership could relate to. You know, Amazon comes from that place of selling books. I mean, that's, that's it. that was the early Amazon. You know, you might have seen some of the joke memes on the internet. Jeff Bezos, you know, 1997, I sell books. You know, 2017, <laughs> I sell whatever the heck I want. That's it, um, man. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, I mean, I think that that story um, connecting back to the history of the company made it palatable to take some technical risks here to say, hey, we're going to use these deep neural networks. We're going to do new things in terms of the actual user experience. We're going to make this more conversational. I mean, those were things we were willing to do because it, it connected up to the narrative of the overall business. Awesome. Okay, cool. So I like that one. And the second one, was more around the selection of the use case writ large. We started to talk about this in challenges. You basically mentioned when you're doing something hard technically, let's make sure we know we have the data. Let's make sure our competencies are really strong otherwise. Talk a bit about that, how project selection was something that for you helped to lead this into something that was as successful as it was. I mean, you know, you're always fighting a whole bunch of different battles in parallel with a new AI project of any sort or another. So you want to focus on what are what are those key things where I have to really fight on? And here, you know, clearly data about books and data about our users' preferences with respect to books were not battles that we had to worry too yeah. much about. I mean, we know books. We had massive amounts of data about books and we had massive amounts of data about customer preferences. So it was really, you know, those parts of the puzzle we knew would work well. We knew we'd be able to build, we had a good recommender system for books, it just had to be adapted a little bit for this experience. So, you know, it was great that we could focus more on what are the things that are actually new here? What are the things that are our big risks and push on those and not think about some of those other challenges? Got it. That's cool. So picking an area where other competencies are really strong, we're yeah. going to be fighting a lot of fights. Can we make them as minimal as possible so that we could focus on the exactly. fights that are actually going to be the, the big challenge here? So it feels like, yeah, the transferable lessons on the one hand, being able to find a story that's going to tie enough to the vision, in, the, in your case, maybe even pull on the heartstrings a little bit. This is close to the, <laughs> this is the, this is the, close to the origins of the business. So find yeah. that coherent tale that can get buy-in. And then also fight your best battles when you're right next to your main camp with all your food. You've got your best weaponry. You've got your best, like, don't, don't fight your hardest battle when you've already marched 5,000 miles in one direction and you're, you know, skimping on supplies and whatnot. It feels like those are, it feels like those would apply to almost any enterprise here. I agree. 
Awesome. All right. Well, the intention of these series is one or two pivotal examples of what made a project work uh, and a project that really was successful. And we did both those things here, Rafer. So thanks so much for being able to join us on the show again. Absolutely. Thank you, Dan. So that's all for this episode, the first ever episode of AI Success Factors, our new Monday series. I apologize for the lengthy intro, but I hope that you could sense my genuine enthusiasm. I like new ideas, and I like ideas that are going to add value to our listeners. And the idea of starting every week with a short, punchy episode that dials in on success factors that can help anybody in any industry, even if you don't write code, pick better projects and lead projects to success that got me pumped up. It was an idea from our listeners, and now we're breathing it to life this year. So thank you for tuning in for the first one. And hopefully some of Rafer's notes resonated with you. I think the idea of being able to select projects that are going to win support was a critical one. And he even talked about pulling on some heartstrings, using books as an idea that was naturally going to get buy-in. Sometimes we've got to do that. Even in a large company like Amazon, it's important to pick projects that you think are actually going to have appeal to leadership. And sometimes that has to do with how they're framed and how they're positioned. And Rafer did a great job of explaining that. So I hope that that one gets put to good use by some of our listeners. Of course, tomorrow we're back on our normal regimen of use cases, trends, and ROI-related topics on the AI and Business Podcast. Every Tuesday we air a new episode. Nothing is going to change there. But now we've got this new Monday series. So, of course, I hope you join us tomorrow. But I really hope you join us next Monday as we keep this new series rolling. I'm going to keep our guests a bit of a mystery, but I want to give you a bit of a heads up as to some of the topics. Not only are we covering hot startups and unicorn company founders, we're also covering folks who are leading exciting AI projects at Fortune 100 companies. And again, remember, in these Monday episodes, we're either covering one or two key success factors. That's it. Very short, very punchy. Articulate the use case. What made it work? How can other people make their projects work? That's exactly what we're grinding out in these episodes. And in just the coming few weeks in this AI Success Factors series, you're going to be learning about cultural factors for AI adoption, communicating value to leadership, effective team communication, how to diagnose your data infrastructure, and more. So again, this is explicitly designed for those of you who are non-technical leaders to start your week off right. If you like this idea or you have questions about this idea, make sure to message me on LinkedIn. You can go to Dan Fagella, that's F-A-G-G-E-L-L-A on LinkedIn. Let me know what you thought about this first episode. I've valued your folks' opinions over the course of the last half a decade as the show has grown so much, and I want to hear from you about this one as well. So feel free to reach back out to me. If you're on the newsletter, you can also reply to the newsletter, and Meg or Cronus will be able to forward it along to me, and I'm happy to get back to you there too. We really do want to get a sense of how people like this new series that we've designed explicitly for you. And I can't thank you enough for being able to be here on the first one. So tune in next Monday, but also tune in tomorrow. I look forward to keeping you here as a listener on the AI and Business Podcast.